When I was born again in 1975 and began attending church, I would hear people fretting over something they had done, and I would hear people at church say things like, Don't worry about it. It's under the blood of Jesus. We don't live by the law. This always bothered me, even though I know our sins are under the blood of Jesus, to think that we don't live by the law of God concerned me. Later, I came to see the truth. We don't live by the law of Moses. We don't live by Old Testament law where they had to sacrifice animals as a temporary means of paying uh, for their sins and trespasses and dealing with trespasses until Jesus could come. When Jesus came, we no longer sacrificed animals, thank God. His blood pays for our sins. But we still have a law of God presented in the New Testament, and at the judgment seat of Christ, we will be judged according to our works, whether good or bad, and our works are going to depend on whether or not we did the things presented in the New Testament Bible. Yes, there is a law of God, rules of God, in the New Testament Bible. The Apostle Paul even made the statement that they which do these things, fornication, adultery, homosexuality, and various sins of drunkenness, railing, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. Paul says that twice. Once in 1 Corinthians 6 and again in Galatians chapter 5. Let's look at those scriptures. Verse 9, the Apostle Paul says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, that's homosexual, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Then in Galatians 5, he says almost the same thing. Starting at verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, which is following superstitions, hatred, variance, which is debating and arguing to vary with another person, emulations, which is to try to outdo other people, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revilings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in times past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. If you keep doing things like this, 
you will not inherit the kingdom of God. The flesh, when we start out as Christians, is a way of life. But then we're born of the Spirit. We have the Spirit of God, which is the opposite to the flesh. The flesh wants to do these things. If we yield to the flesh, we do them. But if we put them to death by following the Spirit, then guess what? We're a child of God. We know adultery is a sin, don't we? So if you're tempted to adultery or fornication, what you do and what you learn to do is cry out to God, help me. You focus on scriptures which show you the damnation that comes from adultery and fornication. You ask God, please don't let me do this. God makes a way of escape for us when we call out to God so that we are able to bear the situation and not commit the sin. To yield to the flesh is to commit the sin. To fail to let the flesh do what it wants to do and make the flesh come under the obedience of the word of God. That is freedom from sin. But they who do such things as this will not inherit the kingdom of God. If we walk in the Spirit, there is no law because the Spirit is going to take over and keep the flesh from doing anything. And if you walk in the Spirit, you will not walk in hatred and strife and envy and these things. You're going to go another way if you're following the Spirit of God. But the flesh is very powerful. So it depends on what you do in the sense of meditating on the Word of God and crying out to God for help. Some people do not want to help, want help. They want to commit the sin. They want to live in the sin of drunkenness. They want to live in adultery and fornication. They want to find the fornication mate. Sadly, we had a Bible teacher at Word of Faith. When I used to attend Word of Faith at Farmer's Branch, Texas in Dallas. And I really cared for this man, our Bible teacher. Unknown to us, he was committing fornication at the time he was our Bible teacher. He would go to bars and delight in picking up women. He once told me he was going to the bars and he said, this woman chose me. She could have chosen all these other men, but she chose me. Later, I heard about his girlfriend and I went to him and I said, tell me about this girlfriend. And he him hot around and beat around the bush and I finally said to him directly are you committing fornication having sexual intercourse with this woman and he said of course and I said to him you know the Bible as well as I do I can't have anything to do with you because Paul told us if any man who calls himself a brother is committing fornication 
We're to separate from that man. We don't eat with him. We don't attend his Bible class. Good grief. That's in 1 Corinthians 5. That rule is one not followed by churches today. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 5. Verse 11. Paul says, But now I have written to to you not to keep company. If any man that is called a brother be a fornicator or covetous or an idolater or a railer or a drunkard or an extortioner with such a one know not to eat. Now he said God will judge the world. We're not to judge the world but we are to judge those within, which is the church. And he says, Therefore put away from among yourselves that wicked person. A few years ago, some of us remember when Jimmy Swaggart was caught with a prostitute, and he came on his television show with a very tearful plea, I have sinned. So the Assembly of God Church decided to pray for him and to counsel him. I happened to uh, visit a little Assembly of God Church while this was going on. And at that meeting, the pastor said, Oh, we should pray for Brother Swaggart. And out of my mouth, in a soft voice, came, we should, He should be put out of the church. Well, it was apparently loud enough for the woman in front of me to hear what I said because she turned around and glared at me. But the Assembly of God Church did not go by this scripture. This scripture is a rule of God for behavior when it concerns a brother who has done these sins and is doing these sins. But now I have written unto you not to keep company. If any man that is called a brother be a fornicator, or covetous, or an idolater, or a railer, or a drunkard, or an extortioner, with such a one not to eat, put away from among yourselves that wicked person. They wouldn't do that concerning Swigert. Instead, they wanted to pray for him and counsel him. That is not what Paul said to do. About three years later, he was caught again with a prostitute, and this time, according to the Internet Encyclopedia, Wikipedia, Swaggart said to the policeman, "It's the Lord says to me, it's just none, flat out none of your business what I do. Well, that's certainly not true, and that can't be from God. Why? Because we are the body of Christ. We're members one of another. Every part of the body knows if your finger gets hurt, your whole body suffers. Therefore, it is the business of everyone concerning that which we do as a member of the body of Christ. Well, Paul tells us what to do. Well, the second time Swaggart was caught with the prostitute, the assembly of God defrocked Swaggered. It didn't faze him. He just went right on with his big television show. And as far as I know, he does it to this point in time. 
We have to do things by what God says in the Bible. It doesn't seem reasonable to the fleshly minds of us. It seems more reasonable to pray for him and counsel him, but that's not what Paul said to do. He should be put out of the church. Put him out of the church. So that's the action we must take. That is part of the law of God as given us in the New Testament. We do not go by Old Testament laws of, of the, called the law of Moses, but we go by the law of God set forth for the church in the New Testament. There are many laws of God set forth in the New Testament. At the judgment seat of Christ, we will be judged by the rules of the New Testament Bible. We will not be judged by the doctrine of the Presbyterian Church. We will be judged by the rules of the New Testament Bible. In Romans chapter 2, verse 6, we read, God will render to every man according to his deeds. To them who by patient continuance in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality eternal life, but to them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish upon every soul of a man that doeth evil, of the Jew first and also of the Gentile, but glory, honor, peace to every man that worketh good, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. You cannot be sitting in a church group where they have eliminated the rules of the New Testament Bible and do good. You can't do it. It's impossible. Because to sit among a church such as that is to make the doctrine an idol, the ministers an idol, and to cast aside Scripture. And for that reason, the wrath of God is coming upon the world because the churches fell away from Scripture and set up other doctrine. And this is the very thing that opens the door for Jesus to return and take the believing church out. That church is not going to be taken out. Not the ones that go against Scripture. It's the ones who believe the Scripture and love the Scripture. And see, you have to love the Scripture more than you love your church group because that association in that church group is extremely strong. It's like a Christian country club. That's your whole life. Your friends, your associations, your social activities. It's everything. But if they're going against Scripture, you can't sit there. For to sit there is to do evil. You just can't do it. But the, the consolation is this. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul told us not to be deceived. Jesus can't come for the church until the falling away comes first. The falling away would be churches falling away from Scripture that opens the door for Antichrist to come into the church. And that's what Paul said. So when we see that in the churches, I used to grieve all the time over sin in the churches. 
But when we see such thing now, we simply know Jesus is coming soon, but we can't stay in a church like that. I've never stayed in a church once I saw the sin was against the Bible, that they were going in a way against the Bible. I always left that church group. You can't do it. You can't stay there. The judgment seat of Christ, we read about it in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 10 and 11. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad, Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. We will be judged by the New Testament Bible, by the specific instructions in the New Testament Bible. If we are doing them, we should be fine. If we are not doing them, and we're sitting in a church group where they are not doing these things, of the New Testament Bible, we will see the terror of the Lord. And then there's no way to correct it. You correct it now. Setting up idols in the churches and following after idols. An idol is that which man sets up for people to worship. An idol has no power, but the people think there's a power in doing these things unto that idol. Idols in the churches today calling ministers reverend. That is not in the Bible to do that. When you call a minister reverend, you even exalt him above the name of God. For it says, holy and reverend is God's name. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher are the ministries set in the body of Christ for the New Testament church by Jesus. Ephesians chapter 4. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. There is no such thing as pope, archbishop, cardinal, priest. There are no priests today in the New Testament church. That's Old Testament. And no man called himself reverend in the Bible. And shouldn't today. I wouldn't go to a church where a minister called himself reverend. Other idols that are set up in the church today, crossing yourself. That's not in the Bible. There's no power in crossing yourself. I see football players do this all the time. When they start to kick a field goal, cross themselves. If they make the field goal or if they miss the field goal, they still cross themselves. It has no power. There's an amazing story, and I happened to witness this. It was on College World Series in baseball. One year, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Of course, the television cameras pick up immediately anything that's unusual. These fans of this baseball team were wearing bananas on their head for luck. The people in the dugout, the baseball players, when they would come off the field into the dugout, they would remove their baseball hat and put bananas on their head for luck. I, I'm not a baseball fan, but I did keep an eye on that baseball game to see what happened. And at the end of the game, that baseball team lost the game 
but I don't suppose anybody considered these bananas are not working. They don't consider, hey, this crossing ourselves isn't working. I miss the field goal. Lighting candles at church or any other time as a part of religion, that's not in the Bible. That has no power. The Catholics have something called holy water where they cross themselves when they enter the Catholic church building. There's no such thing in the Bible as holy water except in one case, in the Old Testament, they had a bitter water which would make a woman sick if she drank it. And they tested her for adultery with what with this bitter water, which they called holy water. It was they even swept off the floor of the tabernacle and put the dirt into the bitter water. If the woman drank this bitter water and her stomach swelled and her thigh rotted, she was guilty of adultery. But if she drank this water and her stomach didn't swell and there was no physical effect upon her, then she was considered to be innocent of adultery. And that's the only time the word holy water is used in the Bible. There is no such thing as holy water otherwise. Pam Paget was raised Catholic, and her mother kept a bottle of water in the refrigerator named holy water, which she had gotten from a Catholic priest. And every once in a while, the mother would have Pam and her two sisters sit down at the table and drink this holy water. If you continue to do things like this that are not in the Bible, you have set up an idol. You're going to be judged for doing this, not in a good way. Wearing crosses or religious medallions, that's not in the Bible. So many people trust in those religious medallions. I know a woman who has a medallion on her sun visor in her car. It's called St. Christopher and it's supposed to protect her as she drives. This is an idol. This is something set up by men. A Saint Christopher, I guess he's a dead Catholic who was made a saint. Dead people are asleep. They can't protect you. They can't do anything. But wearing of crosses, so often I see the most vile people come on my television screen and they have on crosses. What in the world are they trying to say? What are they doing by wearing crosses? What are the people doing who tend church and wear crosses? What are you doing? It doesn't say to do that in the Bible. That's become some kind of good luck symbol or idol. And if you want other people to know you're a Christian, yield to the Holy Spirit and speak the word of God. They'll know. But you don't wear crosses or medallions to show you're a Christian. Praying to other anyone other than God is an idol. That's certainly a big idol. One of the worst idols of all is calling crackers and grape juice the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper is the Word of God. That's the Lord's Supper. Christmas has become an enormous idol. That is not in the Bible to do anything at Christmas. Easter is not in the Bible, except in one case, and really the translation should have been Passover. After Easter, Herod was going to kill Peter. He had him in prison. 
But according to Unger's Bible Dictionary, Easter is a word that was set up by men in the 8th century. It's not in the Bible. Easter was taken from the pagan goddess of spring. It's a pagan goddess. In Acts 12, the word Easter appears, but it means the Passover. After the Passover, Herod was going to kill Peter. Lent is another one of those idols that's set up by men, and it's an abomination. It causes the human to think by sacrificing he can do something. Jesus is the sacrifice. Graven images are certainly idols. There's 47 passages of scripture in the Old Testament forbidding graven images. You can't set up altars at your home and light candles and have photos and have graven images. That's idol. That's idolatry. That's practicing idolatry. If you do that, you are practicing idolatry. And one of the things the Apostle Paul said is if any brother is practicing idolatry, don't have anything to do with him. We can't do it. These are pagan things. These are things set up by religious minds, and they are not in the Bible. We can't have it. We can't fall down to them. We must not do it. Nor do we stay around those who do these things. Music is another thing that can become an idol when it is used as entertainment in the church or to set the mood for the word, the word service. You don't set the mood for the word service through music. You basically cause an emotional effect on the people that helps them to ignore the word if they're speaking of sin in the word. Most people use music as entertainment. Jimmy Swaggart was one that did. At one point, I was a client of his ad agency that he had, that he was a client. He had left the agency by then, but the agent told me this. Swaggart came to them to be their agent, Michael Ellison Advertising Agency. Swaggart came to them because he was sick of having... 500 people attend his meetings, and he wanted bigger crowds. So the agency told him, cut back on the preaching and have more music, because Swigert was a country-western singer. Entertain the people more, and you'll get more people. So he did, and the audiences grew in numbers. I delivered a message to him, which I knew was from God, Stop entertaining the people and go back to preaching. Music, when used as an entertainment, is an evil. And most churches use it that way. If we add to the Bible or take away from the Bible, we sin greatly. The laws of God, the New Testament Bible, that is what we follow. Here are some of the laws in the New Testament Bible. Matthew 5.32, Jesus says, But I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery, and whosoever 
shall marry her that is divorced, committing adultery, committeth adultery. If the faithful wife remarries after divorce, she commits adultery. The man who marries the divorced woman commits adultery. The husband who divorced the faithful wife will be the cause of her adultery if she remarries. 1 Corinthians 7, verses 10 and 11, the Apostle Paul says, And unto the married I command, Yet not I but the Lord. This is a commandment of the Lord, for which we will be judged at the day of judgment. Let not the wife depart from her husband, but and if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband, and let not the husband put away his wife. Mark 10, Jesus says, verse 11, Whosoever shall put away his wife and marry another committeth adultery against her. Verse 12, And if a woman shall put away her husband and be married to another, she committeth adultery. These are the laws of God in the New Testament, the rules of God by which the New Testament church must go by. Romans chapter 7, speaking to the New Testament church, Paul said, Know ye not, brethren, how that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth? For the woman which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. But and if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. So then, if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Now, Paul told them in 1 Corinthians 7, the widows, they could remarry but it must be someone in the Lord that they marry. In Romans chapter 1, verse 26-27, God speaks of lesbians and homosexuals. It says, For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust, one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. One time I was watching a nightly news program. I don't often watch the news, but this night I happened to be, and they had that man called the Pope on, and he immediately said, well, I don't see anything wrong with homosexuality. I can't see anything wrong with it. And I screamed out to the television set, what about the Bible? See, they pay no attention to the Bible. It's what is reasonable in their own minds. They're all going to be damned, every one of them who go that way. You don't go by what you think. It's what God thinks about the subject. And what God thinks about the subject he has printed in the New Testament Bible. We don't live by the law of Moses. So when they say we don't live by the law, they're meaning the law of Moses, or they should be meaning that. 
But really what they're saying so often today when they say we don't live by the law is we don't live by any rules at all. And that's wrong. We live by the rules set forth for the church in the New Testament Bible. And we will be judged by those rules at the judgment seat of Christ. And we will receive either reward because we're doing what it says or lack of reward and in some cases eternal damnation because of what we have done contrary to the Holy Bible. So it is a serious matter. Each of us have our Bibles. We can read what it says. Every scripture I have spoken today is printed on our blog. Go to Jesus Ministries Exhortations. Tap on podcast. You can bring up this broadcast and every scripture and read every scripture and hear this broadcast again if you choose to do so. But just reading the scriptures that I have printed will be helpful. Thank you for letting me speak to you today.